Thank you for joining us for this week's message from the First Christian Church in Great Bend, Kansas. Each week we share thought-provoking and life-changing teachings on topics that are important and relevant to you in your life. We hope that you will be encouraged by our weekly podcast and will tune in regularly. Now let's join the First Christian Church of Great Bend for this week's message. So today we are starting a brand new sermon series called Simply Jesus. And what we're going to be doing in this series, which I'm actually over the moon about, because I believe this is something that will not only help you grow deeper in your faith, but something that will help you better understand what it means to follow Jesus in any and all circumstances, is learning a very simple paradigm or way of thinking about Jesus that hopefully takes all that confusion you've experienced and makes it crystal clear. Right? It's a simple way to kind of look at who Jesus was and what he was all about. Um, because I know we oftentimes get confused when it comes to that. Any, any of you guys been confused about this stuff before or is it just me? Am I the only one? Yeah, sometimes it's overwhelming. And so I want to give you a way to kind of think about that moving forward. Because really, we, this is what we all long for. But before we get into all of that life-changing stuff, we first need to do a bit of background work to kind of set the foundation. Or more specifically, to get into the problem that Jesus is responding to, or the problem that Jesus is the answer to. So what you need to know about salvation history is that in the beginning, God created human beings, God created us to live into this deep and abiding relationship with him. We're like a father. God would help us to live into the best possible lives, in turn establishing a world where everything is as it's supposed to be. Or that's the picture we are given in the first creation story and in the Garden of Eden before the fall. But what happens after God creates humans to live in a relationship with him in a world where everything is as it's supposed to be is that humans in our free will choose not to live in relationship with God. No, instead we turn our backs so that we can go out and live in the ways we want to live, which are, are the actions represented by Adam and Eve in their attempt to become like gods by eating of the forbidden fruit, the, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And what happens as a result of humans choosing to walk away from God because we think we know better, and let's be honest, we do think we know better most of the time, is the fall. Is the fall. And the way I understand the fall in a nutshell is that because God created the world to be ordered and balanced with everything working together perfectly, like a well-oiled machine where all the different parts have to fit together for it to work as it's supposed to, what happened when humans chose to walk away from God is that it disrupted everything, causing God's will and God's good world to be thrown into chaos. You know, like when you take a, a piece of a machine out or it malfunctions and the whole thing messes up. That's, that's what's going on in the fall. Or that, for me, is why even though we live in a world created by a good God, that our world is still overflowing with sin and darkness and evil and death. Or to make this a bit more practical, maybe in your own life, just take a moment and think about some evil you've experienced firsthand, or maybe some evil that you saw in the evening news. Then, once you have that in your mind, follow that evil back to its source. Because what you will find in most of the evil in the world today is that it began with a human being or human beings 
making bad choices. Intentionally, not intentionally, selfishly, not selfishly. Human beings making bad choices, which means the fall is not just something that happened back then, although it did happen back then. No, the fall is something that continues to happen over and over and over again as we choose not to listen to our God. And the truth is, you guys know exactly what I'm talking about because you live it every single day, right? Your choices and the choices of others that affect you. But the good news in all of this is that our God, because of his love for us in the world, has not just stood back and allowed this sin to completely and totally take over, but instead has devoted himself to responding to the mess that we've made of the world. And what God has done to respond to this issue, to respond to this problem, is that God decided to come into the world as one of us. Right? Thank Christmas. That's what we've been talking about for the last five weeks. Or like a boss stepping down from his position of overseeing his people to get involved and sort things out, our God chose to step down out of his existence to begin to clean up the mess that we have made of everything. Which is exactly what we find playing out in the stories of Jesus, the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus, and beyond. It's what the church is all about. Or to get a clearer picture of exactly what Jesus came to do, instead of trying to, you know, think of all the things that Jesus did and kind of wrap it up into one moment and you just can't kind of get your brain around that, what I want us to do today is we're going to turn to a place in the Gospel of Luke where Jesus uses the words of the prophet Isaiah to sum up or put into perspective his purpose or what it is that he came to do, right? And it's going to give us a paradigm and you're going to be like, oh man, you, you are so brilliant. That's the way you're supposed to feel after we do this, all right? So I want you guys to be prepared for that. And I want some gasping to happen. You think you, could, you think you can manage that? Can you pretend at least? Flatter me? All right. So what you need to know about this particular episode in the Gospel of Luke is that this event is taking place right after Jesus has been baptized, then tempted at the very beginning of his ministry. Where after Jesus has spent some time traveling all over Galilee, preaching the kingdom of God and healing, Jesus finally makes his way back home to do some teaching in the very synagogue in which he was raised, in Nazareth. And it is here that Jesus chooses to reveal his purposes. Luke 4, 16 through 20 explains. When he came to Nazareth, where he'd been brought up, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day, as was his custom, and stood up to read. And the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was given to him. He unrolled the scroll and found the place where it was written. And this is the part that you really need to pay attention to here. This is where Jesus gives us a picture of what it is that he has come to do. He said this, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to release the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, to let the oppressed go free, and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And then he rolled up the scroll. He gave it back to the attendant. He sat down. And all the eyes of the synagogue are fixed on this guy. And then he began to say to them, Today this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. Today this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. Or today this scripture has been brought to completion, made true right before your very eyes in me. Which is a huge statement. Right? 
Now, of course, what we find as we continue reading on in this story is that this big announcement goes over like a lead balloon among Jesus' church family in that they actually, after this is all said and done, they actually take him to a nearby cliff to throw him off. They can't handle that this kid who grew up among them is the one that God sent into the world, and so they want to get rid of him. But what I want you to see as Jesus proclaims his purpose here, as Jesus sums everything up, is that he is giving us a paradigm or way of thinking about who he is that helps us to see it in very clear ways. I mean, it really does. Or let me walk you through this so you can see it. Jesus says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. What Jesus is proclaiming here is just another way to talk about how God has come into the world in the form of Jesus. The spirit of the Lord or God himself has come upon Jesus. And the reason why this has happened or the reason why God has come into the world is first of all to bring good news to the poor. Then proclaim release to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, along with letting the oppressed go free and proclaiming the year of the Lord's favor. Or note here, really all Jesus is doing as he sums up this entire ministry is he's saying this, I'm going to go out into the world where things are not as they're supposed to be. Poverty, slavery, oppression, blindness. And I'm going to begin to make things right. I'm going to take what happened in the fall And I'm going to begin to make things right. For the poor, he's going to bring the good news that's all about this change that's going to happen so they no longer have to live in poverty. For those in captivity, he has come to set them free from their lives of slavery. For the blind, he is offering sight so they no longer have to live in darkness. While for those who are being oppressed, he is offering freedom. And this freedom that he's talking about here is not just freedom the way you and I think about it. This freedom is jubilee. How many of you guys have heard of jubilee before? Anybody? Yeah. So for those of you who don't know, Jubilee is an ancient Jewish practice that happened every 50 years where everyone's debt was forgiven. People in slavery were set free and everyone got their God-given land back. Kind of like hitting a reset button on the entire society. Making things right for a whole lot of people. Which are all pronouncements that when you take a step back and look at them in a general way that reveal to us that the purpose of Jesus or the reason God has come into the world and is responding to the fall is about finding those places, those things that are not as they're supposed to be and making them right. You guys, come on. There you go. Thank you, Ron, the one guest by getting the room, right? God is about finding those places in the world where things are not right and making them right. Or to give you a visual of this, let me walk you through what I call the Jesus paradigm, which by the way should sound familiar for some of you because we kind of walk through this during Christmas. So at the top of this diagram, there's a straight line that runs all the way across the page. And what that line represents is the way things are supposed to be or the way God created things to be in the beginning. Then what you find on the left-hand side of the page is another line which begins to descend in a diagonal way towards the bottom of the page. And what that line represents is the fall or what happened to things after we as human beings chose to walk away from God. But then there in the middle of this diagram in red, right? You always have to have Jesus in red. I don't know if you guys have figured that out yet from your Bibles. And all of its glory is Jesus. And he comes into the world. And the reason he has come into the world is to respond to the fall. And so what happens after Jesus comes into the world 
is he begins to fix, heal, restore, and save all things. Or in other words, he has come to take the world as it is and all its broken and fallenness and begin to make things right. Do you see it? And I really do. I really do believe that it's that simple. Now, when you get into the particularities and all that stuff, it gets pretty, you know, anytime you get into the particularities, it gets fuzzy. It does. That's the kind of world we live in. But when you'll take a step back and think about who Jesus is and what he came to do, this is what you're going to find. He came into the world to take the world as it is and begin to make things right. Or this is exactly what Jesus says when he tells us to pray. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I mean, I try, I, you guys are so tired of hearing that. I know, but I beat, I beat you over the head with that. That's what it means to bring heaven to earth in all we do. And then it's also exactly what we're going to find Jesus doing over and over again in particular ways. So the reason Jesus goes out and heals and does exorcisms is because there's something wrong. And he's making it right. The reason why Jesus treats people the way he treats people is because there's a wrong way to do it and a right way to do it. He sees himself as the completion of the law is the same thing. All of his teachings, everything that he teaches is about this very thing. And the salvation of our souls is about this, right? There's a place in the world where things are not right. We don't have this connection, this, this um, relationship with God. And so what he needs to do, what he has come to do is to make that right. And then the most amazing thing about this is that he has actually called all of us to join him in this work of saving the world by doing what he did. There you go. Yeah, he is calling us to do the exact same thing. Or, or what I hope to ingrain in your brain, which by the way, you're going to get so tired of seeing that little amazing diagram I put together. By the way, it is awesome. Um, by the end of this, but I don't care. I want that so ingrained in your brain that that is the foundation of how you think about who Jesus is and what he came to do. And even more than that, I want that to become the foundation of who you are because we can't do it all. We can't save everyone. We can't go out there in the darkness and fix everything, but we can do what we can do. But I get ahead of myself. We got five weeks to work through all that. Let us pray. Father, we come before you this morning excited about a new year, excited about what's next. And so this year, Lord, help us to set our foundation on focusing in on you, simply put. On understanding that the reason you came into the world was to respond to the fall, to take this broken and sinful world along with our broken and sinful lives and begin to heal and restore and to make all things new. So help us, first of all, understand that that's who you are, that's what you're all about. And then, oh Lord, help us begin to hear the call that, that we are a people who are called to go out and do, not just believe, but to do what you did to play our part, causing your kingdom to come and your will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. We ask this all in Jesus Christ's name. Amen.
you are invited back next week for another life-changing message from the First Christian Church of Great Bend, Kansas. Please check out our website at www.fccgbk.com. That's fccgbk.com. May you have a blessed week.